everybody. Welcome to Drive Through View 530. Today we're going to take a look at Dead Zone. Uh, this is the second edition of Dead Zone. Uh, it's a game for Mantic Games, two players, and it's kind of a combination of a miniatures game and a board game. Uh, so if you've been watching my channel at all the last several years, uh, I've reviewed uh, Dreadball and Mars Attacks, which uses a similar system to Dead Zone. And like I said, this is the uh, second edition. I have played the first edition, so I'll talk more about that in the review part of it. But this is kind of a sort of a, me a mechanism or system that they've been sort of tweaking and refining over the, the years. Now, the theme of the game is there are these dead zones, and there are, uh, for different reasons, these companies far in the future have sort of quarantined off these different areas. Maybe for nefarious means, maybe there's some kind of special resource or something there. Uh, and these different factions, there's different races. Uh, there's the Veermen, which are sort of like Skavens or rats. There's the Forge Fathers, which are dwarves, enforcers. Uh, the starter set here comes with a sort of set of Forge Fathers, which are the dwarves, and enforcers and pathfinders, which are the humans. And so you'll be taking these squads in, and it's kind of skirmish level uh, miniatures combat, and trying to get objective points and wipe out the other team. Now, there's a whole lot else to the game, but let's just kind of jump in. You can kind of see I've got some terrain set up. Uh, let's just jump in, then I'll give you my thoughts at the end. So, possibly the main sort of hook with Dead Zone and several other of Mantic's games is this battle zone terrain. You can see I've built this here. This is all modular, so hopefully I don't knock anything over, but there's a little tower that I built here, and everything that comes in this set is a little bit like a ruins. So you can see they kind of clip together, and I'll try to show you a, sort of a close-up. It comes with these little clips here, and there's kind of two clips. There's like these sort of longer ones, and then there's those corner ones there. And so you can take apart these different things, and you can see I've kind of painted it very sort of decrepit. Uh, I kind of envision uh, sort of the alien or aliens type of universe with these sort of far outposts uh, out in space that have been maybe left there for 50 or 100 years and so on. You can get little rubble. Uh, and so on. And so you're going to set up this board uh, based on uh, sort of your choosing, uh, but sometimes based on a scenario you might pick out. And then based on the scenario you choose, you're going to have different deployment zones. Now you can see, maybe if I zoom in better, you can see these grids here. So the movement is all grid based. So when you move from grid to grid, you're going to use the movement speed. And you can position your little figures here sort of behind wherever you want. So let's say this guy here uh, could move two spaces. He goes one, two, and then if this was over here, he could say, oh, I'm gonna put him maybe out here or maybe behind there for some better cover or so on. So again, depending on the scenario, you might have different deployment zones, different setups. You know, one guy might be the ambusher and so on. And then you're gonna choose kind of a points-based uh, squad. So this guy here is sort of the captain here of the Forge Father. He's got the little hammer there. And where's the, this is the captain for the enforcers there. He's got that special blade. And so you're gonna choose a leader. And the, this book here, which I'll give you more detail on in a second, will give you all the squads and the way to build them out. So you're always gonna pick a leader and then a certain number of troops. And then sometimes you might have a specialist, like this fella here might be a specialist here. He's got that big sort of bazooka thing. And they have uh, lots of other stuff in the miniature range. Now this stuff here is just kind of stuff that comes with the starter set. So you're going to build a certain point of squad. You might uh, take upgrades uh, like this fellow back here. Oh, this is the captain. I always get him confused. This guy's got the blade here. So you might give him, you know, a blade. And so when you build these miniatures, you want to kind of be a little bit mindful about 
kind of giving yourself some variety. So it's very much kind of a kit-based idea. Uh, like you can see, I've got some leftover bits here uh, just in case I get extras and then you know, maybe I can put this gun on the guy or something like that. I will say the miniatures I think are actually pretty, pretty good. Um, you know, I've been putting together the Games Workshop miniatures. The Games Workshop miniatures are much more expensive. If you go and look in a comparable, like buying a little starter squad of these folks versus, you know, something else in the other lines, the putting them together was a little bit of a bear. The one problem I had was, is there was no kind of assembly guide. I had to go hunt down on the Kickstarter page uh, what the assembly guide was for these, and it wasn't super clear or anything. I mean, it wasn't it felt like kind of a rough, super rough draft of that. So just be aware of that. If you're not really into miniatures, you're kind of like, oh, I'll get a board game slash miniature game. I will put a link to the assembly guide in the video just in case you don't have to go hunt for it. Uh, but af after I painted them and everything, I'm really happy with, with how they look, sort of. I'm not that great of a painter, but for me, I'm pretty happy. Now, I'll talk about some more details and the rules here, but ideally what you're trying to do is you're trying to control these different areas here. And like you might put a victory point marker out there. So every round, if whoever controls this area would get two points. I've got one up here as well. So you kind of will scatter these around based on the setup. But what you can do on your turn is a couple of things. You have short actions and long actions. You can do two short actions and one long action. So you might do a movement. So it might be if you have one movement uh, for kind of your, your walk, or if you had two movement for your walk, you would do that. And then if you wanted to do kind of your full sprint, that would take up your whole turn. That would be a long action. So you might be able to do like kind of a short movement and then a fire. And the fire and fighting is pretty much the same. So if you watched the Dread Ball and the Mars Attacks, it's very, very simple. It's a very cool mechanic, I think. So your baseline is you roll three dice when you're gonna shoot. So I'm gonna roll three dice and you have a target number. So if this dwarf here had a target number of four, he would roll three dice. Anything that was a four or above would be a hit. So you can say I rolled two threes and then an eight. So I'd get one hit. Now the cool thing about that is uh, eights are exploding. So I would go ahead and roll another die. And if I rolled another eight, I would explode again. But you can see now I have two hits. So these are two successes based on my target number again of four. And then this guy would roll his save or survive. And he would have, he would roll three dice and then he would have a target number. Maybe he's got a save of five. So he would roll these and he actually rolled really well. I got a six, seven, eight and the eight would explode. So whoever had more successes would win. The damage going from this fellow to this fellow here would be the difference in successes. Now let's take some different modifiers. Let's say this was out of the way. <laughs> and so he had a clear line of sight to this fellow. He could see everything, including his base. He's then going to add another die there because he's got clear line of sight. Now, if this guy up here was shooting, maybe you can't see him, but he's got this cool kind of, I don't know, it looks like a gas gun to me. So he's also got clear line of sight up here and he's got a height advantage. So he, he would also add some dice here. And so you're gonna take in Based on those different modifiers, uh, you're going to add or subtract dice, and then the same similar thing with the fight. So if these guys were in the same uh, cube here, this this little region, then they would you would roll based on their fight stat instead of their shoot stat. So the baseline again is three dice plus or minus dice. So if you had a friendly in here, uh, then that would add a bonus die. And sometimes uh, there's different special abilities uh, like Horde that may give you extra bonuses for extra uh, folks in the cube. And there, you also will maybe compare the size. Sometimes these different models have different sizes, which are like the hit points. So you may add or subtract dice. Now, 
without trying to make it sound super complicated, this basically is your basic turn. So you've got this in the back of the rule book here. You can just photocopy that and print it out or just leave it open there. And that's your turn. So you've got your basic actions here. You've got move, sprint, shoot, fight, stand up, and then possibly a special action. Uh, so if your guy gets pinned or suppressed, they're gonna be rolled down, so you have to take an action to stand up. If you ever stand up in a same area here as a, the opponent, you have to immediately then fight. And again, you just roll the test. And so I just wanna talk about damage real quick. So let's say uh, this guy here was attacking him, and he had two more successes uh, than this particular dwarf. So then he would have two damage coming at the dwarf. Now, the dwarf maybe has one armor, so it's going to absorb one of those damage, and then one of damage would be applied through, and then you would go ahead and mark it with a damage token. And the size is the amount of damage that it can take. So if this was a size one, it could take one damage, and then anything above that would then kill it, and it would be removed uh, from the board. And you're gonna get uh, victory points equal to uh, the amount of victory points uh, for the model there. So here we can just take a look at the stats here. So you can see it's got a movement of one, but then if you do a sprint, it's got two. It's got a shoot of five plus, so when you do a shoot chest, you need to roll five. It doesn't have a fight stat, so it can't engage, and if it gets fought, then it's basically zero successes. And here's its survive test, so if it's being shot at or, or fought. And then here's the amount of points it costs to put in the army and the amount of victory points you're gonna get for it. Now I should uh, also note that in this case, if it was being fought, then it would not roll a fight test, but it would roll a survive test instead. So if you roll fight against fight, then it's possible to do damage back to the attacker, the instigator. Uh, if you do a survive, then you're just trying to prevent the damage. A couple other quick things before I talk about generally more of the game uh, in terms of movement is you can only have a size four of your models in a particular square here or cube. And now each side can have size four. And when you do movement, you can go laterally or horizontally. You can also go diagonally. Uh, you can also you know, move up as well, one sort of tick. So if this guy was way over here, you can see him, he could move one space up to here. Now, of course, you have blocking and so on, but if you look at this, if this is a solid wall, I couldn't normally just jump over because it's blocked. But if I do this without breaking it, you can see there's a hole there. And based on the sort of the percentage uh, and the size of your model, you can move through that hole. Obviously a larger creature could not move through that. But the basic turn structure is just that. It's very, very, very simple. Now the first thing you're gonna do each round is roll these command dice. Uh, now in the base box here, every, every side just rolls three. Uh, but once you start playing into the full game, you're gonna add what's called a tactician's value. So you may actually roll more than three. So everybody's gonna roll that. Now you can re-roll as many of these as you want if you have 50% or more of your models remaining. Once you sort of are depleted, you don't get any rerolls here. And these are different special abilities that you can activate uh, during the round. Now, these actually kind of like replace the cards uh, from uh, the first Dead Zone, the first edition. And spoiler, I kind of thought I wouldn't like this as much, but I actually think this is much better. So uh, this is a cool thing that you can do. But let's talk about uh, what are these different special actions you can do here. Well, this one here allows you to free move a model. So you can sort of get a free movement, then take your model's actual movement, and then do something else. Or maybe you do this plus a sprint, and then he makes it extra far that turn. Let's see, this one here allows you to activate an additional model. So you can maybe activate your captain, and then you use this one immediately, so you can activate a second 
a model. Now you can't do like two of these at once. You can't activate, you know, like three models in a turn. And you also can't activate something with this that's already been activated as well. Uh, let's see here. So here we have the uh, the splat here. This is different than the extra attack. There it is. Uh, so this one, uh, your leaders are going to have different special abilities, and this is going to allow you to activate that. Now this one here allows you to get an extra shoot action, so you can get a kind of a double shot. And similar, we have a free fight action. The model could get an extra fight action. And then if you want, you can spend this one to add another die to uh, a test there or you know, fight or shoot. And the other thing to note is you can't like have multiple moves uh, m put on it. So I couldn't do, you know, have two of these moves put on the same model when it activates. You can't do like move, move, move or, or shoot, shoot, shoot or a bunch of stuff like that. You can only activate, uh, you know, I could do this though. I could have a shoot and a move plus the model's normal activation. And that's the, pretty much just the rules. There's a couple other little details here on modifiers and things, but it's all right here on this, you know, one page of rules. Uh, let's take a look into the rest of the rule book though. You'll notice it is a hardback book, and if you really wanted to, like if the, the dwarves here didn't interest you and the enforcers here didn't interest you, you could just buy this rulebook separately and then get maybe two starter packs of two other factions that did interest you as well. Uh, but it's a very well done rulebook, not to spoil the review portion of this, uh, but I really like the rules of this system generally, and it's also presented very well here. Uh, so it just kind of gets you going, it gives you a quick uh, sort of starter uh, scenario that you can play. Talks a little bit about that basic system again of sort of the you know base three dice uh, and how that kind of thing works. And here's the sort of starter uh, setup here. And then the rules are very quickly done. And then it goes through and talks a lot about the different special abilities because different models will have these. You can take these as upgrades later, you know, teleport tough, which is sort of like an armor type of thing, um, different sort of ways to shoot. Uh, one thing I did not talk about is uh, sometimes you can roll for suppression fire and you're not trying to do any damage when you're kind of like spraying out a massive machine gun blast uh, full of bullets and you're just doing that to kind of suppress or pin uh, that model and keep them down so they have to waste action getting up and stuff. And there's smoke screens and so there's different items that you can get. Uh, depending on the scenario, you might roll and place out these item tokens, and then once you move on them, you can find them, and you'll be able to activate them. And sometimes, like in the case of this intel there, it will be uh, victory points. You can get jump axe and extra ammo while you take extra shots and so on. And then we're going to go into the different armies here. Uh, so this talks about how you build your strike team and you like I said you choose a leader and then you have to choose uh, a bunch of troops and for each troop you choose you can choose a specialist for each three troops you choose you can choose a vehicle and then again you're building these to a point limit and you also have some different upgrades and items you can take depending on the sort of size of the army you can take common upgrades rare and then unique and that gives you kind of a few different ways to play. And so here you've got the plague factor. So it shows you the leaders, gives you their movement stats and, and their special ability that again, they can do when they activate the splat. And so it gives you all different ones. So there's no plagues in here. Now here's the enforcers and the captain that comes with the game is this guy here. And then you have what's called the, tr the assault enforcers and then the pathfinders here. And then maybe you have some specialists that you can use. And it tells you about the, uh, different weapons that they can have and you can get different upgrades as well later on 
And so these, this is really cool. So you get all the different upgrades and you can pick all that stuff out and really tweak it out. So this gives you enough to just, if you get into the game, you can just buy maybe another starter set for the Asterians. And then you're, boom, you're good to go. You got all the rules for all those guys all in here already. And the cool part that I'm getting to here, uh, let's see, you have also, all right, here we go, the Mercs. And these are sort of neutral units uh, that you can take. They're named, uh, they have different cool special abilities, and you'll be using these mostly in a campaign type of setting here. So once we get through to here, now this is really where I think the game kind of goes to the next level. Uh, they give you uh, all the rules for the campaign. Uh, there's different scenarios that I think I skipped over, but you can play any of those different scenarios in here. And it tells you uh, sort of how to sort of structure it. So most of the games were gonna be like 100 point games, and that's just a handful of models. I haven't actually added up, but I think you could get 200 point squads uh, out of everything that comes in this game. Uh, so you can kind of like ramp up your campaign so you can start with like a hundred point then 150 point and then but what you're gonna do is fill out this roster sheet here like so you can scan that and fill out so you you kind of generate yourself a pool of different soldiers and stuff that you can you can sort of quote-unquote hire with resource points and the different upgrades and stuff that they have but you don't necessarily use them all uh, in the game and though some of them may perish they may level up they may get what's called like a veteran status and the game actually has let's see if i can find it here we go sort of a catch-up mechanism so if you have a difference in veteran level you're going to kind of add up uh, sort of the experience of the different squads if i'm really far ahead of you then you get five dice that you can add to individual uh, checks throughout the game and the mercenaries here come into play and so you can actually hire these and these will just go away in between games so you can kind of have a pool of mercenaries to do and so what you're doing is you're trying to uh, get sort of like treasure you go and get these resource points and you use them and spend them but you also keep track of how much you just collected total you can spend as much as you want but you can maybe play to a certain target so once somebody's collected like you know 50 resource points then they've won the campaign and then you have these kind of in-between game uh, things. So you might have casualties in your role on this chart here. And then you have also, uh, you get new abilities. And then you have this sort of exploration phase here where you get to so sort of generate a little bit extra treasure or resource points that you found. And then you have these different things that can happen. Sort of like, I don't know, if you think of... Uh, Mordheim or Frostgrave or Shadows of Brimstone or Warhammer Quest, that kind of stuff going on here. And then you have these, let's see if I can find one, um, these strategic assets that you can get. So if you get a strategic asset, it's gonna give you these cool special abilities, but next time you play somebody, then if they beat you, then they can take control of that strategic access asset and get access to that special ability. So it's a nice kind of thematic way to get into the game, because uh, you know, it's really small squad level stuff, and it gives you kind of a purpose and a reason, and it, you know, it really adds to the theme of these sort of different mercenary groups uh, you know, that have gone into this um, you know, dead zone and to try and, you know, get some resources and some treasure and so on. So that's kind of a general overview and gist of the game. Let's talk about what I think. Okay, so that's dead zone. Well, what do I think of it? 
I love this game. I think this is fantastic. Um, this is a game that I've kind of sort of been waiting for without really knowing that I've been waiting for it because it fills this niche that I have of a sort of a compact sort of take with you miniatures game that you can travel with. Because all of this terrain and stuff that you can see here, this all just comes apart. And I can just, you know, snap it off and then I've got little pieces there. And, you know, it takes a little bit of time to set up and build, but not a lot. And these little joints and stuff, you know, they clip in nice and it stays uh, upright unless you knock it over. <laughs> and it's really cool. So I've got this, like, I don't need to take a table with me. I can set this down and, you know, set everything up, play around with it, and then jump in. And the system itself is so easy to just kind of teach as you play. You just, you know, you'd say the simple test, like, you're usually going to roll three dice, add or subtract you know, some dice, or maybe you do like a specific test that it tells you how many dice you roll, and it gives you the target number, and you just roll a dice and get that many successes, and then I compare my successes to yours. So if I'm shooting you, I roll some dice, you roll some dice, I have four successes, you have two, I've got two damage coming at you, the end, or we're doing a fight or something similar to that. Um, there's some other rules I talk, didn't talk about, like with falling damage and stuff like that, but it's super easy to just go look that up and say, okay, well, he fell this far, so he's going to take this much damage, you know. Um, so it's a very easy to get into system. It's also very different from, you know, these other miniature games where you like roll buckets of dice, you roll for hits, you roll for wounds, you roll for saves, you roll for this and that. It's all kind of very compact and easy to just make a roll and then that's it. You're not rolling tons and tons of dice. Um, the tactics of it are also very cool because, again, you, you don't have to measure anything. Everything's in these sort of square, uh, grids or squares or cubes, however you want to look at it. And so it's very easy to just, you know, see how far you can move and just kind of use the terrain naturally. Um, so from like the board gamer perspective, that's very kind of refreshing because the grid is sometimes just like you're counting one, two, three, you know, grid. Okay, if I stay back three spaces, then this happens. So it gets a little bit... I don't know, a little bit dry in a lot of a lot of board games, a little bit dry, where this is a little bit more natural. Now, the this is leading me to the terrain again, which is awesome. I definitely am going to get more terrain for this. There's enough here to get going and get started, but you with this setup, you kind of have like one kind of layout you can do. There's like just enough in this, and I think that's fine. I don't want to say it sound like oh they chinched you on the terrain. I don't think they did, but I think it needs more. Um, because at the price point, you get this, you know, nice uh, hardback rule book. You get the minis. You get all the other stuff too, and you get a really good game, I think. So, it, but I, I think it needs that extra bit of terrain. But to keep the the price point of the game, and I think it's about a sixty dollar MSRP. I'm sure you can find it uh, maybe cheaper online at Amazon or something like that too. But uh, I think to keep that price down to more of an entry level kind of thing, which is what a starter kit should be, they held back on some of the terrain. Now there's definitely enough terrain here to play more than a few scenarios, uh, but again, it, it kind of like it wants you, and maybe they did on purpose like, oh, it'd be really cool if I build like this big tower with a building in the center, and then there was more scatter around, so you can build more corridors and more you know, different kind of approach vectors and all that kind of stuff. Uh, now the campaign, I haven't played with the campaign, but it excites me, you know, reading through the rules and kind of, you know, having played the game and then working out how that's going to translate. I think that's a very effective way uh, to play the game and something that I'm very interested in. And that's kind of the other part of the niche that gets filled is 
you know, kind of, there's kind of two approaches I see to sort of miniature gaming. It's like this big thousand, two thousand point battles. You kind of play competitively and so on. But I also, uh, if you know, if you watch some of my other vlogs, you can see why this kind of hits that home because it's a thematic sort of campaign setting. You build up kind of a narrative of your, your squad or your troop over a course of several games. You lose some guys, some guys level up. You get some treasure, you lose some treasure. So you, you build that kind of investment into the game and it's got that whole thematic really that, that hooks into you. Uh, so that I think is super exciting. And based again, I don't usually like to talk price point because I like to talk kind of the sort of the purity or whatever of the game. I think this is a good system for folks that want what I just said I wanted. Because if you go on their website, you can look and you can see you can get this game and then you can get a starter set of the Veermen or um, I don't know, the Marauders, which are like the Orcs. And depending on where you live, it's like this 30, 40 bucks, right? Depending on which country you're in. And so, and you get a good little squad of starter models that you can certainly field right away and build and play. And so if you wanted to go into the system with some friends, you know, somebody could get the starter, you've got two armies to field and maybe a couple other people buy different ones. And then they have the concept of the booster, which is cool because it gives you like a whole nother set of models. So it's not like super confusing on like what to buy. You don't like buying single models a lot, but they do have that as well. So it's very easy to just go bam, bam, and then get small, concise packages that you can get and build and paint and do all that stuff in sort of a very digestible manner. I think that's a very good approach. So I think kind of beyond the box set here, there's a good solid system uh, backing that. You know, I did gripe a little bit about putting together the miniatures. I think from my perspective, I'm not, you know, I'm more of a board gamer than a miniatures gamer. I think they're probably fine from somebody that plays a lot of miniatures games because like I didn't know, and it's kind of my own ignorance, I didn't expect all the kidding out that you could do. So you really want to think about, okay, so I'm going to use this guy with this gun. I need another guy that's got a big machine gun or an assault rifle and somebody with kind of a bladed weapon or a hand weapon. So you kind of want to do that to give yourself options because the rules are basically, hey, he's got this stuff built on and that's what he's doing. You could fudge it. You can know, you can be like, well, this is a, that's a Gauss rifle and this is a pistol or whatever. That's, you know, there's, it's your game, right? But I think you do want to build that so you can easily tell uh, what's going on. So that's something that I wish there was a little bit more on the production side of that where it's like, hey, here's a kit and this is this is the different weapons that you're going to use and this this weapon is that and this weapon is you know that's what this means if you put this together this is how you can do that you know kind of a how to put together guide i think you know a lot of people aren't going to need that but i think it would be helpful for the rest of the presentation to kind of go with that because i think this is very much sort of naturally targeted towards somebody that is wants to try a miniatures game or wants to get into the system wants to learn about it. i think those kind of supplements would be would be worth it i think they're necessary depending on the customer right so overall though excellent game very fun very visceral combat um you know it just it's got a lot going for it and i think um a lot of folks could really get into this as long as they're willing to put everything together and all that stuff and probably paint it and everything i think that's a that's something that's going to be a lot of fun to do the terrain is super easy to paint i mean you can paint it like a single color with like a wash and then it looks like an old building you know um so i highly recommend this game across the board it's, it's one of the the best games that i played i think the system itself uh, has really been refined. You know, I'm a big fan of Dreadball and also Mars Attacks. Um, and this is really kind of the next sort of step, slight increment of a step 
uh, in this system. Uh, so anyway, I definitely take a look at it. Thanks.